Hello, and welcome to Who Runs That? I'm Seth Stevenson. Today on the show, we'll be talking about Zola, a wedding planning and registry site. Joining us are CEO and co-founder Shanlin Ma and chief designer and co-founder Nobu Nakaguchi. In our conversation, Shanlin and Nobu talk about founding the company when they realized their friends' online wedding registries were annoying to navigate, about adopting a business model that relies on a technique called drop shipping, and about what it felt like to do a $100 million fundraising round. After the break, Shanlin Ma, co-founder and CEO, and Nobu Nakaguchi, co-founder and chief designer from Zola. Hello, and welcome to Who Runs That? I'm Seth Stevenson. Today, we will be talking about Zola, the wedding planning site. With us are Shanlin Ma, CEO and co-founder, and Nobu Nakaguchi, uh, the other co-founder and the chief design officer. Shanlin and Nobu, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. So uh, for listeners who might not know, what does Zola do? We are the fastest growing wedding company in the country. So we use design and technology to help newly engaged couples plan their weddings, no matter who they are, where they live, or whatever device they live on. And what did you think was wrong with, with the old way of wedding registries? Because I think there are, you know, there were online wedding registries out there before you launched. When did you launch? 2013. 2013, right. So there, there were yeah. existing online yeah. wedding registry services and such. What was wrong with what they were doing? What were you trying to fix or improve? Well, so it's funny you ask the year because 2013, that was the year for me that all my friends got married at exactly the same time. And uh, in, everyone has that year. And it's a year where you go to a lot of weddings, you buy a lot of presents. And I was doing that and I was buying from their wedding registries, which at that time was really dominated by the big traditional department store registries. And was complaining to Nobu that buying shopping on these wedding registries was one of the most painful e-commerce shopping experiences I had ever seen. And Nobu and I had worked in e-commerce for a long time. And so the more we started talking about it, the more we found it interesting. And Nobu had seen it from the couple side because he had gotten married. He had um, used a registry as well. And he was talking about how from the couple's perspective, it was just as painful and antiquated as it was from the yes. guest. So I got married in 2005. So that was eight years before we started Zola. And you know, we did the traditional registries. We went to Macy's, we went to Crate and Barrel, took the gun out and zapped products that we wanted, and you followed the checklist. And But when we started Zola in 2013, when we started looking at the competitive set out there, and as Shan was complaining about the experience, we felt like nothing really got better since then. You know, there was a mobile app now, that department stores created. But keep in mind, those mobile apps look like, you know, 2005 or 2008. Um, and what we wanted to do was there were so many problems that we thought these registries weren't addressing, right? The registries just looked like a checkout card back then. And if you think about a registry, it's a weird experience, right? Because you're creating a list of things you want friends to buy for you because they're attending your wedding. And that, that exchange is really odd. And people feel weird about asking for gifts. But what we want to do is just change that, um, change that conversation 
to be much more personal and we want it to be beautiful. So we made it beautiful and we also heard complaints about why do I have to have three registries, right? Everyone had three and I think it's partly because A lot of these blog sites were promoting you to get three because you wanted a range of pricing and um, products. But we thought, why can't we create a registry that has products, cash funds, and even experiences? So you can register for your kitchenware, but also register for some sort of travel thing you're going to absolutely, do? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, before we get too into the weeds about how it works and what you can do, let's go back in time to how did you guys... come together around this idea and take first steps? Um, so we, we worked together at Gilt in 2008. Gilt so Gilt. we go back 10 plus years. And I, Shan's like a sister to me, right? Different mom. But um, we worked on the first iPhone app at Gilt. And that was an experience that I felt was magical in working with great people. And in my mind, you know, A company starts with the people that you found it with, and the great people attract other great people. And I definitely wanted to work with Shan. There was no other person that I would ever start a company with besides Shan. And I was so lucky that she felt the same way. Initially, I was like, I don't know if she wants to work with me. Um, but, um, but I think that relationship of building products at Gilt and building great products at Gilt was the reason why we wanted to work together. And honestly... It could have been another product, and I think we would have still had a lot of fun um, building it. But this was the idea that we absolutely loved. Mm -hmm. And uh, what were the first steps you actually took about turning this idea in, into a business and turning it like an actual service? Well, we are both uh, product and design people at heart. So the first thing... We do with any project and any new idea is just talk to as many target users as we can find. We ask all our friends, who do you know who's getting engaged, about to get married, planning a wedding or just got married? And we, we interviewed hundreds of couples to really understand their mindset and what they were using and what they liked and disliked and what they wish could be much better. And it was really set out the goal of um, thinking if we could create anything from scratch, which we can. What would that look like today based on really what couples were telling us their needs and their pain points were? Uh, so talking to a lot of couples, then quickly sketching a lot of prototypes on pieces of paper. So Nobu had you know, hundreds of sketches. Uh, we would work on my coffee table, which is a very kind of low to the ground, uncomfortable coffee table in my living room at that time in downtown Manhattan um, and would put all the sketches up on the wall to look at them together. It, was, it looked like, you know, like a scene out of Homeland because there was so much paper on the wall. But over time, we developed, you know, the, we kind of whittled down from those sketches. Here are the core concepts we think are most interesting and then started to put them in front of users again and again, get feedback iterate till we got to a core feature set and a core kind of prototype that we thought really was resounding well with these couples who were about to be married. What were some of the foundational principles you had in terms of features and in terms of design? So really three things. One was that couples should be able to register for anything they want from the KitchenAid mixer to Uh, soul cycle class to 
cash or honeymoon funds or Airbnb. Um, the second was they should be able to fully personalize their registry and their entire wedding because in an Instagram generation, can, personalizing everything to do with your wedding has never been more important. And then the third was they should have full control over their registry and everything that they want to manage in their wedding because you know it shouldn't have to be so painful to manage a wedding when you can do things today like order a car or book a hotel room with the click of a button. Um, you shouldn't have to use 20 different apps to plan one wedding day. And so we really went after the you know, the idea that you could control everything on your phone. So b- before this, the idea is that, you know, I'm, I, when I'm getting married, I have one registry at Crate and Barrel and I have one registry at Macy's. And, and you're saying there's this one registry where you can have any product you want from all sorts of d- different <laughs> concepts and, and ideas. What are the logistical hurdles to making that possible? Well, our, one of the big innovations that we had that was really based on our previous e-commerce experience was that we were able to work directly with the brands. So we work directly with great brands such as Sonos or KitchenAid or Cuisinart. So we work with any brand that you would find in any other retailer and we sell them directly from the Zola store. So in doing that, we are essentially a retailer with a retail business model but we use technology to control the shipping. So the couple actually on average doesn't want to receive their gifts for at least six months until after they get married is what we find on average. Why is that? Uh, Because often they're moving. So they don't want to receive gifts while they're in the midst of wedding planning Mm -hmm. and they're away on their honeymoon and things are arriving at their doorstep or piling up. They typically want to come back from the honeymoon figure out where they're going to live, move, and then receive their gifts. And so we built the technology to really let couples control when they would ship their own gifts to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that was a big um, aha moment for us. And that is really one of the reasons that everyone has gravitated towards Zola so quickly. I see. Um, So did you, when you were just getting started, did you bootstrap this or did you go out to friends and family where how did you fund this Uh, i think we were very fortunate in the sense that our third co-founder kevin ryan who is the founder of guilt and mongodb a very successful entrepreneur in new york was our mentor right we would we would meet with kevin probably every two weeks when we're thinking about an idea while we were building zola and he was supportive in the sense that you know he would give us critiques in terms of the ideas. And then when we when we talked about Zola or the wedding space, he got very excited. And he supported us from that point forward. So we were very fortunate to have a great mentor. And he provided the seed funding mm-hmm. for Zola, which really let us focus on building the product for the first you know, four to five months of the business. And you got a, a big $100 million funding round last year. So tell me how you think about fundraising. What, you know, how will you use that influx of money? What, you know, what, what are your thoughts around why you fundraise and, 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 and how you fundraise? Really, each round has been about um, how can we 
get to the next milestone of the business faster than we could if we didn't have that fundraising round. Um, So for the seed round, that was really about how do we launch a product into market and see if it has product market fit. Um, The Series A, which we actually raised a week before we launched the product, which is unusual. Um, we That was all about the first year of the business of launching the product and how can we build out the product in year one to achieve the full feature set that we want. Then the Series B was where we had some numbers. We could show that this was getting product market fit and we wanted to accelerate on the early adoption that we were seeing. The Series C round, which was 2016, was where we could really show that we had explosive growth in the business. And up until then, we had really only focused on wedding registries as a product. And the Series C allowed us to expand into more and more products to help couples plan their wedding. So with the C, we launched two new products. Um, One was a wedding website product, which was the most requested product that Uh, went alongside with a guest list and a checklist. And then the Series D last year, which was the bigger round, allowed us to expand our product even more. So apart from the two products that we offered to couples, the registry and the wedding websites, we then launched with the Series D funding uh, wedding invitations. So paper products, including save the dates, menus, programs, thank you cards, as well as a real weddings product where you can see real weddings, see the vendors in your local area that were helping plan that wedding and reach out and take action on the inspiration that you're seeing. So over time, We know that there's 20 different things a couple has to do to plan their wedding, and we want to build products to support all those 20 things all in the one place. $100 million is a pretty big number. Do you feel any added pressure when you have a big funding event like that and people are talking about your valuation and saying you're a unicorn and all in this stuff? Does that does that add any pressure on your shoulders or how does it feel when you get a massive funding round like that? Well, I think... Very few companies even make it this far. So I think it's a huge milestone for us to even get there, right? Um, But obviously now the bar is higher. And um, I think it just means that as a team, we have to continue to focus and execute against those goals that we created, you know, during during the Series D round and what we presented to those investors. And I think we're very focused and we are focused on building a building a solid team to execute against those goals. You know what's funny? I always thought uh, when we got to a certain size, when we got a certain number of people in the company, when we got a certain amount of funding, you know, every re- future round, I was like, okay, that's when you know we'll feel like we can take a breath <laughs> and maybe we don't have to work twenty four seven. And we, you know, we can hire more people, so we it'll just be less stressful mm-hmm. and. Actually, with every single milestone that we look towards, it, you never get there. You never feel like, oh, now we can take a breath. You always feel like there's even more work to do, like there's even more things to go after because you think um, there is, you've come this far, you can't stop now. <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a sense of how big the company is now? Can you can you tell us about things like your revenues or your number of employees? Yeah, so we have 
over 160 employees. Um, so that number has tripled in terms of number of employees over the last two years. Um, we don't talk about revenue numbers, but we can say we've had over 500,000 couples that have used Zola um, since launch. And we have, within the Zola store, we have 70,000 products from over 700 brands that we work with. Um, so we are we are the fastest growing wedding company. We're currently the third most visited wedding site in the country. Uh, that's up from, I think we were the you know, 18th most visited wedding site maybe just over a year ago. So we are um, working towards this vision of how can we have everyone that gets married come to us and know about Zola the day they get engaged and through their entire wedding planning journey. Can you disclose whether you're profitable or not? We are not. You're not profitable. Do you have a, a timeline for that? No. And I, the reason is because each year we look at what are the things that we could be investing in in the business, which for us is all about new product development and how can we make good product expansion decisions so that we're always building ahead of where we think the business is going to go. So this uh, this past year, 2018, we looked at where are the best places to be investing, and those were really four things. One was um, how can we continue to expand and grow the wedding registry product, which was the one we started with. The second was how can we continually improve based on user feedback the wedding planning tools product. And then the third was let's launch two new products. And I think based on the success of those kind of people and resource investments, it had a huge ROI impact on the business and on the market. And so many more people heard about Zola because of that, that this year we're actually accelerating our investment into new products. Okay. And um, can you explain to listeners in, in sort of the simplest way you can, how you make money? What are your sources of revenue? Where does the money come from? What are your big costs? Yeah. So we are, we have a very um, innovative e-commerce business model. Uh, so because we had worked previously in other e-commerce businesses, we saw both the benefits of an e-commerce business model as well as a lot of the pitfalls. Um, so we tried to evolve that for Zola. So at Zola, we make money in the same way that a retailer makes money in that we have products in our store. Um, we buy them for a wholesale price. We sell them for a retail, retail price. price. Yeah. And then the difference is, is the, the markup, the way that and we make money, the, the way yes. we stay in business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say the big difference um, apart from that, in terms of how we differ from a normal retail business model is uh, we don't take inventory because we work on a dropship basis because we have built the dropship tech platform to support that. So for, for listeners who might not understand, that means you don't have a warehouse full of KitchenAid mixers and stuff. It's just when someone orders a KitchenAid mixer from you, you let someone else know and they ship it or explain how the process works. Yeah. So our couple's might receive a KitchenAid mixer as a gift from their friend and they will get a push notification from Zola that says, your Aunt Sally has bought you this KitchenAid mixer. Would you like to send it to yourself? Most of the time, 
couples don't want that yet. Uh, so then once they're ready to send it, they then push a button on their Zoll app that says ship it to me now. And then our system triggers the order to whichever warehouse has that mixer to then ship directly from the warehouse to the couple's home or wherever they want it shipped. And and so in that way, it doesn't get shipped two to three times before the couple receives it. It just goes direct. So saves uh, shipping, but it also means that it's it's much more efficient for us and the couple, and we have greater control and a bigger assortment because of it. Yeah, and keep in mind that in 2013, when we started this, Dropship was just starting to take off. So I think the timing of Zola was really interesting too, where, you know, I think as we started building Zola, more companies started to dropship. And I think part of that was, I think it was probably a lot of work that we were doing to push it in that direction. And um, we couldn't have started at Zola if we had to buy inventory in 2013, right? It just wouldn't have started. So that's a big part in terms of how we innovated it around. And, I, and so I was interested to learn that you were basically, I, had, I guess I had sort of imagined that you would be doing like an affiliate fee thing where when someone buys the product on your website, really they're buying it from some other company, but you're taking a little cut of the purchase because you had it on your website. But that's not how you're making money. Is that how other wedding websites make money? Or what's the decision point between doing that versus actually retailing products? So you're correct. We do not do that. We do not have an affiliate uh, business. And when we were starting Zola, we saw there were maybe one or two other companies that did have an affiliate type business, but they hadn't really gained traction. They hadn't gotten much adoption from the market or they didn't have many users using them. And I think it's because the user experience of that is very problematic because when you buy something, you don't want to have to go to two to three different sites to just buy one gift. Um, it's often very kind of jarring and painful for the gift giver to be on a registry and then be shuffled off onto a totally different site. And then you're not sure if it, that purchase is reflected on the registry. It's just very disconnected, painful and confusing for everyone involved. So I think for that reason, it never took off. And for that reason, we didn't want to have that experience for our couples or guests. And so the world of products that I can register for on Zola, have you negotiated with someone over every one of those products to create that universe of products? Uh, how, that seems like a lot of, <laughs> yes. a lot of work. Yeah. So you're a department store. The yeah. uh, merchandising team has been very busy. Yes. So we are, I really think of it as a new age department store. And so all the 70,000 products that we have, we have picked and worked with that brand to get the right products into the Zola store. So that is the the assortment that we have that is growing every week. We add thousands more into the assortment. The other thing that we allow where we don't have as, you know, we kind of let our couples do what we want is we have a feature that where they can add anything to their Zola registry that they might not see in our store. So we have a add to Zola button, which is kind of like the Pinterest pin it button. Um, so any product any, on any other site, you can pull that into your Zola registry if you'd like to. And there, um, you know, we say to the couple, would you 
like to get the cash to go and buy it for yourself at a later time? Or do you want to send your guests to that website to buy it yourself? Uh, and so that's up to the couple. But we then look at what a couple's pulling in that we don't currently have in the store. And we then go and get those products because we know it's a better experience. So I can find some quirky person carving driftwoods <laughs> on an island somewhere and and I I could potentially give that as a gift to my friends who are getting married and then they decide if they how that's going to work. <laughs> well, no, no. The, your friends getting married would have picked it first. Oh, they've they, registered mm-hmm. for it yes, first. Yes, I see. And yeah. they've added it. And yeah. the, I see. God is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend not buying any random thing for your friends uh, that they don't want. There. <laughs> and, and some of your products are are experiences. How do you go about sourcing those things? Well, experiences are great because, um, you know, we know that couples live together before they get married now, and that's starting, that's prevalent now. So a lot of folks have stuff already, and they're either upgrading their things or they're like, you know, I don't really want more stuff. And from that standpoint, you know, we have everything from Airbnb gift cards to um, to um, cheese monthly subscriptions to um, all these things the that I think go beyond. Cheese is my favorite. I know. We <laughs> love true. cheese. So Murray's Cheese was one of the first vendors that we had on the platform because Shan loves cheese. Can you tell us a little bit about how the pricing works for the couple that's registering? What kinds of expenses are they looking at? Are there ways for them to save money or to blow it out? What are their options? It's completely free to the couple who wants to use any of the tools that we offer on Zola. Um, So if you want to, you can use our tools in a way where everything is free. Now, the way that um, we stay in business is like a retailer where if someone buys you a product from your registry that we have in the Zola store, you know, we make money between the wholesale price and the retail price. You get price. the margin. Right. Mm-hmm. But the couple and the customer does not pay an additional amount to use Zola. But are there other options for the couple that's the, registering? Are there other things they can do? So if a couple wants to you know, register for cash funds, we make no money on cash funds, but we it's a service that we offer that we know is important to couples. Um, our wedding website product, for example, couples who want to use our guest list tool to create a guest list, create a wedding website on Zola, collect all their RSVPs through the wedding website, all of that is totally free. So do you ever do you ever charge the couple that's registering for anything? Is there any way you can make money off of, of, the, of the couple that's registering? It's really through the products Just that we have in the, the store. Yeah. Okay. What what are the demographics of your customers like? Are the are are they radically different than on other sites or how would you characterize them? One of the things I'm most proud of is that we have a hugely diverse set of couples using Zola. And that this was actually one of the things that was most important to us when we started out. We said we want to serve couples no matter where they live mm-hmm. or what they look like. And at that time, um, no other wedding site was really acknowledging that there's different types of couples getting married. So it was important for us. You know, many sites at that time just assumed it was a bride and a groom. We f- felt it was important that a couple should be able to state, is this a bride and a groom, or a groom and a groom, or a bride and a bride. And we let couples tell us 
this is who they are, and then we customize their entire Zola experience accordingly, which no one else does. And we still get a lot of, I think, customer love because of that, and it's very important to us and our team. And so because of that kind of value from day one, we have a huge range of couples across different cities who you know, uh, come from very different demographic backgrounds. Uh, we also have a huge number of couples that come from two very different backgrounds getting married. So, you know, one half of the couple might come from one religion or cultural background or race, and another part of the couple comes from a different culture, religion, race. And we see that on the Zola platform, and we love it because it really reflects the population. So it is the millennial generation getting married today, but within that, we don't have a specific um, one type of couple that uses Zola. It's really customizable for everyone, and that's on purpose. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more after this from Shanlin Ma and Nobu Nakaguchi of Zola. So I remember I had a bunch of friends getting married at some point several years ago, and I remember everyone was on the knot at that time. And and I wonder is there is there some fickleness in terms of like this is the cool site to register on? Is there like a status cachet thing? And like our wedding registry is 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 at Zola, and that's the cool place to be registered now. But is there any worry, or how do you keep it the cool place to be registered? <laughs> I just wonder if there's like a fickle element and a sort of a status element announcing yourself as this kind of couple. We register at this kind of site and how you think about that. You know, I actually think unlike many other industries that are more fashion-driven, the wedding industry and wedding registries, for example, is not very fashion-driven. So the fact that the most dominant retailers, department stores, you know, so the top stores that really dominate the registry industry, I would say, uh, Macy's, Target, and Bed Bath and Beyond, and that hasn't changed for decades, maybe since you know, forty four to five decades. So I would say that that means that it's not a really trend driven industry, but rather it's one where people care about um, reliability and trust and ease of use, and. So for us, we were surprised that it was an industry that hadn't been touched by design and technology for so long. But it it's what gets us up in the morning and excited mm-hmm. because it's one of the few remaining industries that's fueled by millennial spending, which has not had a huge disruptor emerge. You know, in every other industry you can think of where there has been um, kind of cool new disruptors like you know, the hotel space or car booking or travel, um, you know, suitcases, etc. There's been these huge disruptors emerge to take the market. And weddings has not seen that yet, but we are working at Zola to be that disruptor. Uh, you mentioned that millennials are, are fueling a lot of this business. One thing that's true of millennials is they're getting married later uh-huh. <laughs> than yeah. in past uh-huh. generations. Does that change things? Does that matter at all to you at Zola? Does, do people register for different kinds of things when they're older, more expensive, less expensive, just different in nature? Yeah, this was uh, the reason. Actually, this is one of the reasons why the time made sense for Zola, because the millennial generation is getting married at a much older age. They tend to live together before they get married. They tend to both be working. So as a result, 
the couple is very busy. They're looking for easy solutions on their mobile devices. And they want not just things, but they also want experiences and cash. And so for all those reasons, it was actually worked in our favor that we came up with this product that met all of their needs. And that's why we've had such fast growth. Yeah. And I think it's our, our product is so easy to use, and we hear it over and over again. And, you know, time is so critical for these folks that you want to just be done. And one thing that we introduced early on was this Tinder for gifts. So you can swipe, right, <laughs> and you can add it to your registry. And it's one of those things that you can just do while you're, you know, in the subway when you have connectivity or, you know, when you have a little bit of time. And I think we're continuously trying to um, make things easier across the entire experience for all our products. I'm imagining myself swiping right <laughs> in the KitchenAid blender and it matches with me and that we know that we love each other. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. Yeah, this it's feature we call Blender and yeah. people love it. It's love by it. far and away yeah. the most popular thing. It's, I think, for people that miss using Tinder because right. they're, now they're married, yes, of course. They're, yeah, you can yeah. still swipe. Yeah. Exactly. Um, how, how do you advertise? How do you market? Well, the number one way that couples find out about Zola is through friends that have used Zola for their own wedding. So the nice thing is that when someone gets married, on average, they invite 150 guests to their wedding. So we have then 150 new eyeballs on the Zola wedding website and the registry and invitations. It's like a built-in mm-hmm. word of mouth. Exactly, right. exactly. So it's, it's built-in virality. Uh, so that has been the number one source of growth. But beyond that, we also do experiments and we have a great marketing team that do a lot of digital and offline ads as well. So here in New York, uh, we have subway advertising. We also opened recently a pop-up store in the Flatiron District, which was really a big initiative from the marketing team to see if you know, the couples were asking us to come and touch and feel things, whether they really wanted to do that. And we found that actually there is a huge interest in in touching and feeling, you know, things that... Um, that you might register for. That, well, <laughs> that are tactile, like uh, sheets, towels, towels plates. Um, feel so, the fabrics. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we, we do kind of a lot of the online digital channels that many e-commerce startups might do. Um, like Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Google. But we also have just started to do TV advertising in the last year, and that has been interesting. That's been great. What kind of shows do you advertise against on TV? Where where do you think your target market is in terms of watching TV? Well, we actually have the ability to um, target the more the demographic rather than the shows. But it ends up being that some of the shows that that we end up um, seeing Zola ads on are shows like uh, This Is Us. This Is Us. Yeah. The All Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> I think my father saw it on uh, Shark Tank. <laughs> so, which is varies. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm so interested you advertise in the subway. I, ta- I spoke to the CEO of Oscar Health, and they also did a lot of advertising in the subway. And that... That seems so old school for like a digital platform to be in subway cars. How did that? But I see that a lot of direct to consumer, like hip direct to consumer brands are in the New York City subway. How did that come up as a place to advertise for you? I We were really talking to a lot of other brands that are also going after the millennial mm-hmm. 
um, customer and uh, we were kind of sharing about which channels have been most effective in terms of getting in front of people. And again and again, we heard people rave about the subway. So we thought we would try it. Um, it ends up making a lot of sense because you do have, I think, something like over you know, six million people on the New York subway system every day. Uh, often there's a n- not a lot of other things to look at apart from your phone or the subway ads. And so it is, uh, by nature, a very captive audience. Is it harder to measure response or engagement when you're doing an ad in the subway than when you're doing a digital ad? Yeah, always harder to measure offline um, ad effectiveness than online. But we we are able to triangulate at the impact that the ad has, and it is has been good. Uh, so, what is on the horizon for Zola? What are some other areas you could expand into? What, what comes next? Well, our vision is remains to really serve couples from the day they get engaged through their entire wedding planning journey and into their first years of newlywed life together. And in order to do that, we want to build more and more great products that are all integrated into each other to help couples plan more of their wedding. So I can give you a kind of a sneak peek into something we just launched in what I would call in beta. It's still very early, but we're working on expanding it very quickly, which is what we call our wedding shop on a site. And what you can do there is go and see other things that you might need for your wedding, including bridesmaids' dresses, jewelry, decor for your wedding day. Um, over time, everything that you might need to buy for your wedding, you want to see in a in a single place that's kind of curated and that knows you and what you're interested in and is connected to the rest of your wedding. And so that's um, one example of the kinds of things that we'll be investing more in this year. So you launched in 2013. It's 2019 now. You're getting these big funding rounds. You've got a huge valuation. What is the end game? Do you want to do this for the next several decades? Do you want to be acquired? Do you want to have an IPO to break some news for us today? What, how, do you, how, how does this all play out? We want to be the number one wedding player. I think beyond that, it's just so far um, to even think about what else we should be doing because we know that the wedding industry is a $100 billion industry in the U.S., and it's a $300 billion industry globally. Um, So we are still pretty far away from being the number one player of the $100 billion industry, and we have a lot to do to get there. So I think we still are excited to to get up and work on all the things we need to do at Zola for a long time to come. You know, I think we look at the wedding journey, and there's still so many things that we can tackle. Right, we're just at the beginning mm-hmm. of of this process, and our vision is to really help the couple through the entire process. So, think about all the other pain points that you've had planning your wedding. Right, um, you know, the seating chart still is challenging. Right, what else can we do like throughout that entire journey? So, what what happens after your marriage? What can we do to think about how we improve that newlywed couple experience? So I think there are tons of things that we could potentially do, but right now we need to focus and execute on you know, making invitations great, um, really focusing on the wedding shop, making sure that's great, and um, try to make each one of those experiences delightful. 
Okay, I'm going to move on to the lightning rounds. E- quick, oh, quick dumb. questions, quick answers. Either of you can jump in. You can both <coughs> answer. You can whatever you want to do. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. Here we go. <laughs> Are there any books or movies that have informed your management style? The book that I love is about product management. It's called How to Create Products That Customers Love by Marty Kagan. I, and I know it's lightning round, but expand briefly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think one of the main um, themes of the book is that you should always, A, listen to your customers, B, be prioritizing things that you work on that have both the biggest impact on your customers as well as the business um, together. And in, in whatever the things meet those criteria are the things you should do first. For me, um, I just read Shoe Dog from uh, Phil Knight and his story around Nike, oh, mm-hmm. which is the been founder of the Nike. Founder of Nike. I mean, the grit, the determination, the sacrifice that you need to make in launching a business, you feel that relationship. And um, I think that is so important as you continue to strive towards your next goal. And um, that's been really inspirational for me. Okay, next question. Meetings. Are you pro <laughs> or con? How do you handle meetings at Zola? necessary but don't love a lot of them (laughs) i think if you are not valuable in a meeting you should really consider yourself consider pulling out of that meeting if it's not critical for you to be there Think about why there. Could we do a Tinder for meetings where you? S- <laughs> oh maybe, my gosh, maybe, that's such maybe a great next, idea. Maybe the next startup. <laughs> I love that idea. You should do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what mistake? I'm going to force you both to answer this. What mistake have you made that you have learned the most from? Who's for nobody jumping in to answer this? <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, Choose the most embarrassing. I don't know about embarrassing, but I think. As a as an entrepreneur, you're so focused on being lean and focusing and executing. And I think early on, the first three and a half years, I was doing product and design and a bunch of other things. And I think what I could have done was probably brought on someone to focus on the areas where I wasn't the strongest to take over. So that's just something that I feel I should have done sooner. I mean, we're getting closer to that and we have a big team now, but I think it's Realizing that sooner, I think, would have been valuable for the company. Yeah, Lynn, are yeah, you ready I, to answer? I, well, I think for <laughs> me, something along a similar theme is uh, I think I waited too long to bring in our first head of finance and accounting on the team. Mm. What did that change when you brought someone like that? And what could they bring to the company that you didn't have before? They were able to bring a lot of um, processes and structure to a function that you know, really I think we took too long to bring uh, processes and automation to, and as a result, you know, did a lot of manual work unnecessarily for a long, too long. Okay, last question: If I <laughs> fired you both tomorrow, and you couldn't start a new business, you could no longer be oh, a no, founder I, even or live? CEO. <laughs> you could no longer be a designer or a founder. You couldn't do anything remotely related to what you are doing now, what would you do with your lives instead? I would just read books. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a nice that life. Is that an option? That's a nice life. What, what, uh, what kind of books would you read? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> what's the best book? You, what's the most recent great book you read? Do you have a recommendation? For? 
Yes, I just uh, read a book called The Unwinding of a Miracle, by uh, actually written by a Brooklyn woman who um, had an incredible life and then um, got cancer and kind of wrote this book about her life and for her family. It was incredibly well written. No, but what would you do with your life? Um, I actually think I might travel to Italy and learn how to make pasta and then oh, yeah, go I to do that too. France, learn how to make the perfect croissant. So um, I'm not sure if my family would be into this, but um, it's something I would want to do. Just uproot them and just go become um, a chef. I still need my three kids would probably be upset. My wife, too. Okay, Shenlin Ma, CEO and co-founder of Zola, Nobu Nakaguchi, co-founder and chief design officer of Zola. Thank you both so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. That's our show for today. Who Runs That is produced by Cameron Drews. TJ Raphael is the senior producer for Slate Podcasts. Gabriel Roth is the editorial director of Slate Podcasts. If you like us, please rate and review us in the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at whorunsthat@slate.com. I'm Seth Stevenson. Thanks for listening.